This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Good morning. This is a beautiful day. I tell you, God's goodness is demonstrated to us every day. Really is. Um, our services have been a little unusual this weekend because all the services haven't been identical. Mainly uh, the last service we had the privilege of uh, ordaining Mike Kane and Charlie Vitus. So you may have caught the tail end of that, but that was awesome. It really was. And uh, I'm sure you can find that online if you want to see what it was all about. But in the next uh, couple of months, we will be also licensing quite a, f- a few people uh, who are serving in areas of ministry as well. But I'd like to continue on the topic I was talking about as we uh, had the recap for our VBA. And we, we started talking about something that's very, very important to me and is a major theme for my life for this coming year and probably until Jesus comes back. But the miracle of forgiveness. No matter what we do, no matter what we say in any facet of ministry, that is really a core. Because without forgiveness, we don't make it to heaven. You know, that's why Jesus, I mean, we just celebrated communion. And that's why we took the bread and we took the uh, grape juice that symbolizes his blood. And that was the price that was paid. So you and I could be forgiven because we've all sinned and all. But I would like to continue talking about the miracle of forgiveness today. You know, a a non-Christian soap maker walked along the road with a, a preacher. And they were talking together. And he said, well, the gospel that you preach has not done much good. Now, how would you like to hear some soap maker, some businessman in town telling you, well, the gospel that you preach, well, it hasn't done very much good, you know? And uh, there's still a lot of uh, wickedness in the world. Okay, he's right about that. There's a lot of wicked people too. Preacher didn't reply to his friend, you know, until they passed a dirty little child making mud pies on the side of the road. And the preacher said, soap has not done much good in the world. (laughs) For there is still so much dirt in the world and many dirty people. Well, you know, said the soap maker, soap is only useful when it is applied. (laughs) Exactly, said the preacher. So it is with the gospel that we proclaim. People have to apply it. But what happens when a man, a woman, a boy or a girl applies the gospel? It works. It cleanses us. It changes us. God loves us and he's crazy about us. I was reading about uh, the sports. Now, this is in 1986. I don't know if, how many of you guys were really sports minded in 1986. Probably a lot of you, you know. But Bob uh, Brindley was playing third base for the San Francisco Giants. And in the fourth inning of the game against the Atlanta Braves, Brindley made an error 
on a routine ground ball. He just couldn't get a hold of the thing. Four batters later, he kicked away another grounder. It's just like easy ball to scoop up, but he missed it. And then while he was scrambling after the ball, he threw wildly past home plate, trying to get another runner out there. Two errors on the same play. A few minutes later, he muffed yet another play to become the first player in the 20th century to make four errors in one inning. Now, can you imagine how this guy must have felt during his walk off the field at the end of that inning, you know? But then in the bottom of the fifth inning, Brindley hit a home run. Then in the seventh inning, he hit a bases-loaded single, driving in two runs and tying the game. Then in the bottom of the ninth, Brindley came up to bat again with two outs. He ran the count three and two and then hit a massive home run into left field, to the left field seats to win the game for the Giants. Brindley's scorecard for that day came to three hits and five at-bats Two home runs, four errors, four runs allowed, four runs driven in, including the game-winning run. How many of you have made quite a few errors in your life? Most of you? Let me see those hands again. And some of you made an error just now by not raising your hand, okay? Because <laughs> we've all fallen short. Anyhow, I'm going to challenge you, though we might have made some errors and all. Don't give up. We see that this guy didn't. And everyone who receives the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ knocks a home run. That's just the way it is. You knock a home run. When you receive Christ and you receive his forgiveness, and I'm talking about the miracle of forgiveness because that's what it takes to get into heaven. In Psalms 32, verse 1, it says, Oh, what joy, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience, their sin is forgiven. There is joy in knowing that your sin against God has been forgiven, whose sin has been put out of sight. Because forgiveness is literally, got something in my mouth. I think it's one of my whiskers. I can't believe this pastor talks about crazy things like that, you know. But it's a miracle. Forgiveness that God sends your way. It is a miracle. The grandest miracle of all time. Because you could receive all kinds of miraculous things happen in your life. And if you didn't receive forgiveness, you don't go to heaven. You don't pass go. You don't collect your $200, you know. The miracle of forgiveness Anyhow, Psalms 32, picking up in verse 2, it says, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. You know, uh, I've got several friends who are doctors and I've gotten to know them pretty well and um, we were discussing this thing about uh, amputees people who have had limbs removed from their body and there's something that's called 
uh, a phantom limb sensation. When someone has lost a limb off of their body, but when they're laying down there, maybe getting ready to get up in the morning, whether it's an arm or a leg, they can feel that leg there. They can wiggle their toes, you know. It itches sometimes. Sometimes it's painful, you know. Depends on what all was going on with them. But the limb is completely removed. It's gone. But they have this phantom limb syndrome. And in um, our lives, there are men and women who have what we would call the phantom sin sensation. Something they did a long time ago, it still bothers them today. It hurts them today. It, it uh, greatly impacts their personal and devotional life, their relationship with God, and anytime something bad happens, they go back and go, yeah, that probably happened because of what I did a long, long, long time ago. And see, it, it, it's the guilt and it's the shame that continues to follow them. And God wants to forgive us and he wants us to believe it. And he wants us to receive it. And he wants the guilt, the, the anchor of guilt that we're dragging to be cut loose. And leave that thing behind. And the shame that goes along with it. He wants to set us free, you see. That's what he wants to do. It says in verse 5 here, in Psalms 32, it says, Finally, I confess all my sins to you. And I stopped trying to hide my guilt. Why would we want to hide our sin and guilt from God? Number one, you can't do it. You, you can't do it, but why would you? The thing he wants to do is to forgive you and remove the guilt. He says, finally, I confess all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And what's those next uh, five words? All my guilt is gone. And then it says interlude, which means read it again. And you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Stop and think about that. All my guilt is gone. No more phantom sin syndrome. Uh, it's, it's gone. It has been removed. No longer does what I have done in the past affect me adversely. Because God has forgiven us. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Not to condemn you or not to make you feel guilty, but to forgive you so you can be free and you can move forward and reach your full potential. Verse 6 goes on to say, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time. And if you can hear me at this moment, there is still time. If you're still here on this planet, there is still time to receive the forgiveness of Almighty God this miracle of forgiveness and, and have all your guilt removed. And he goes on to say that, uh, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. You know, there is judgment, but you don't have to be affected by judgment. Listen to what he says in verse seven, for you are my hiding place. During the floods of judgment, during all the adverse things that come into our life, you are my hiding place. You cannot hide from God, but you can hide in him. You can hide in him from the, the judgments that are to come, from the floods that would try to wreak havoc and bring destruction upon our lives. It says, for you, the psalmist says, you are my hiding place. You 
protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Did you know that God sings? Well, apparently you didn't, you know. He said, we're creating his image. Do you sing? Or at least, do you make a joyful noise? You know, <laughs> we all can do that. That was pretty joyful there, Mike. Right? But he sings. God does. Talks about he surrounds us with songs of victory. And the Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. Have you ever gotten lost? Have you ever gone on the wrong road? Oh, man. We've been lost so many times. I don't really admit it. I'm only admitting it here at church right at the moment, you know. As long as I got a full tank of gas and I got a little money to buy more gas, I'm sightseeing, you know. There's usually the way I say that, you know. Been lost in New York, been everywhere in New York, you know, everywhere, you know. Had no clue where I was at at the time. It was in the middle of the night and people didn't speak my language and I was asking for help and they were saying, you better get out of this area, you know. And we have been lost quite a few, well, we have sights sown a lot in, in Connecticut also. And my problem was after that is like, I don't know if I remember this road because I was on it lost or this is the right way to go now, you know. But it's not fun, is it? When, when you're, you don't know really where you're going. But, but he says here in verse 8, it says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. What a great promise. He says, he'll guide us. He'll lead us and guide us in the things that, that really matter. And then what a fantastic promise. God says, I will advise you. And I'll tell you, anytime God gives you advice about anything, act upon it. it, it it's the real deal, you know. It's better than the winning lottery ticket, you know. When God gives you advice, <clears throat> take it. He says, I will advise you and I'll watch over you. And then he says, do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Now, if all horses and mules are not, you know, uh, rebellious. All of them are not senseless. I mean, there are many horses and mules who have common sense. You know, they've got good horse sense, to be honest with you. But the Lord is telling us here, he says, do not, do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Will you allow God to tame you? You know, or, or do you need this great big old chunk of, of steel? I was going to bring a bit here and see if I could find somebody to stick it in their mouth and show you how it worked. Big old chunk of steel. It's got these rings and little chains on it. You got these other reins on it. And when you're trying to get a horse to go a certain way, if it don't, you just pull that side. And the horse is going, okay, ease up on it. All right, even, you know. And the thing is, if we don't follow the direction of the Lord, well, maybe that's why God must use some pain. Because we rebel against him. But he tells us he don't want to do that. He says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you. I'll watch over you don't be like a senseless horse and a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Don't be like one who needs pain to keep you under control. That's what the Lord is saying right here. You know, there was a woman that uh, Miracle and I had watched uh, on this uh, uh, video. 
And her dad had died and gone to be with the Lord, and she was doing something to honor him in this great big arena. This big, beautiful black stallion. It didn't have a blanket, didn't have a saddle, didn't have a bridle, didn't have anything on it. And she was sitting on it, you know. She didn't have a whip, she didn't have a crop, she didn't have anything. But she got on that horse, and the horse took off running around the arena wide open. And then it would stop and do these little circles. And then it would run fast and stop and slide, you know. And, and it was like a 15, 20 minute ordeal. It was absolutely flawless and it was beautiful. And the woman didn't say anything that we could hear. Maybe she was sending that horse a signal through the tip of her toe somehow or something. I don't know how she did it. But her and the horse are like one solid, complete unit. They were one. And they rode around there and did all kinds of beautiful, phenomenal things. And that horse had phenomenal freedom because it obeyed the woman. It knew what she wanted and it did it. And that horse was extremely valuable because of that. But a horse that won't do what you want, it's got to have this bit in its mouth, you know. And it's always kicking. It's always resisting. We don't want to be that that kind of a horse when it comes to our relationship with God. Let me read it one more time. It says, do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked. But I want to tell you, you can ask God and he'll forgive you. That's what this miracle of forgiveness I'm talking about. You can receive it. Anybody can receive this, this forgiveness. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Trust him to forgive you and receive it and, and let the anchor be cut and the guilt removed and gone. It says uh, in verse 11, so rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you who obey him. Confess your sins to God and receive this awesome forgiveness that opens up the doors for heaven and for all the blessings of God. And then he goes on to say, shout for joy. And when, when you have joy, whether it's your ball team won or, or something spectacular happened in your life, it says shout for joy. That's a positive thing. All you whose hearts are pure. All you who have been forgiven and therefore your heart is pure. Shout for joy. I mean, the misery is gone. You know, the weight is gone. The is gone. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. You, you've been forgiven. It makes all the difference in the whole wide world. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. Not this shallow, you know, surface kind of a relationship, an acquaintance kind of a thing. But the, 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 the words he, 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 he's praying, he says, I pray that Christ may be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's what? Maybe you don't have that verse. Marvelous love. Not that may your roots go down deep into the, the soil of God's judgment or his wrath, his anger, 
But it says, may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. That's where you soak up forgiveness. That's where you get mercy and that's where you get grace. That's what I'm talking about here. Well, where do you draw your nourishment from? There's something that has to sustain you and keep you going, you know? And if, if you don't go deep, you can't go high. You know, if, if a tree don't send roots down deep, it can't grow too high. And if a building don't have a, a deep foundation, you can't build it too high or it'll fall over. But it's talking about that may our roots, your roots and my roots, go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. You know, some folks think that God's just a party pooper. He's going to steal all your joy. He's just a killjoy. I mean, he's a, some kind of a tyrant. And, and many Christians think of God as a um, angry judge, you know, just a stern master. And when you think that way, I can tell you for sure, you don't know God. You don't know him. You, you, you don't know him. If, if you told me that, you know, that Susan Thomas is just a mean old, ornery old cuss, you know, I'm going, you don't know her. You don't, if, if you was to say something, you just don't know her. I know her and that ain't within her. And when you think that God is just angry and a tyrant and wants to steal you, you don't know him. You've been listening to the enemy of our soul, the devil, tell us lies. And he surely don't know him. That's for sure. And uh, our, our, our God, he is the most generous, loving father. And he's always ringing the doorbell to try to get into your life. So respond and let him in. Exactly. And you know what? There's, there's no place that you can go where God's still small voice can't be heard. And God's always speaking to us in a, little, in a still small voice in our ear. And he's saying, you're mine. I love you. That's what God's saying. He loves you. And, and you're his. And this miracle that he has created just for you, this miracle called forgiveness, it sets you free. And then you can share that with other people and set them free. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, and may you be able, may you be able to feel and understand. Now, in the King James Bible, where this word's understand, it says, may you be able to feel and comprehend. May you be able to understand, uh, to comprehend the, the Latin word here uh, for this comprehend, for this understand is prehendry, prehender, which means to grasp. May you be able to feel and to understand, to, to grasp. Are you familiar with, with monkeys who have what they call a prehensile tail? And the monkey is able to grasp a branch with it and hang by his tail. It's like having a fifth, you know, appendage. You know, you got two hands, two feet and a tail, and he can hang by his tail. And when he's going through the trees, he's grabbing with his hands and with his tail. He grabs a hold of things and hangs on and don't turn loose. And that's what that's talking about right here. You know, 
where you and I can grab a hold of. That's what he's talking about here. And uh, we can make it our own, you know, to seize possession of where it says, and may you be able to feel and understand, to comprehend, to grasp, to hang on and become one with. Well, what's he talking about? He wants us to, to grasp hold of. He says, and may you be able to feel and understand and, and grasp hold of as all God's children should be able to grasp hold of this. How long? How wide? How deep? And how high his love really is. He wants you to grasp his mercy and his grace. I'm talking about the vastness of God's love for you. He wants you to grasp it and hang on to it. To hang on to this. Some people grasp a hold of judgment and all kinds of other things that the devil wants you to think about about God. He's angry at you and he's mad at you. And that's just not the truth. God is not angry at you. His son Jesus went to the cross so you could be forgiven. And God is continually offering that forgiveness, this miracle called forgiveness. And he wants you to grasp it, hang on to it, get hold of it, and don't turn loose of it. About how, how uh, long and how wide and how deep and how high his love really is. God's love is so great, it could never be contained in the pages of a book. You know what? This book don't contain all there is about God. When we get to heaven one day, we're going to discover so much more that he just chose not to reveal to us as of yet while we're here. God's love is so vivid, no artist could ever come, could capture its grandeur. God's love is so immense, no building, no matter how ornately decorated, could ever contain it. God's love is so deep and the deepest sea would be but a wading pool in the ocean of God's love. God's love is so wide there is no person on earth, no matter how vile or hated, that is outside of God's reach. God's love is so costly that the richest people on earth could pull all of their fortunes and not raise enough money to make the first payment on that eternal note. Even more remarkable is that God offers his love to the undeserving, unworthy, people who possess absolutely nothing within themselves that is attractive. But his love and forgiveness is extended to them. God's undeserved love and forgiveness causes us just to want to love him more. We don't deserve anything. We just don't deserve it. But he extends it to us. That's the miracle of forgiveness. You and I don't deserve to be forgiven, not from anything. But Jesus went and paid for our sins so we can be forgiven. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, and to experience this love for yourselves. Now let me go back and read this in context, Ephesians 3, 18. And may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. Not just read about it. Not just hear somebody discuss it and, and talk about it. But, but that you may experience the love for yourselves. And, and maybe I can illustrate that here. I'm not sure. 
Okay, they're still there. <sighs> I just hear smiles and mmm. No, I ain't said nothing yet. <laughs> but they're this dark red. And they're not hard, but they're not soft and mushy either. And once I fill up this bag with pets, I'll offer you what's left. Mm -hmm. wow. They're so sweet. Mm. It does have a pit in it. Mm. Oh. Mm. I wish you could taste this. <laughs> mm. Oh. Mm. Man, wow. How, how many of y'all like cherries? Y'all like cherries? Can I get you guys to come up here? Come on. Come on, get you a handful. You get a handful. Would you try just one of them while you're standing here? I hope you got a good one. Good one? <laughs> here. Give these guys a hand for helping me out here. <laughs> Boy, I just wish I had enough to share with everybody. You think I do? No, they don't have a bag. You do. I was just going to tell the custodians there's going to be a lot of pits over here, you know. Well. I'm trying to stop. I'm trying really hard. Mm. Do you understand? Oh, man. Do you understand to experience a cherry for yourself is better than just reading about it or having someone tell you about it? Now, since you are my wife, here, I'll let you have one. And you know what? If, if there are... You know what? Oh, man. Would you pass these around to everybody? Okay. All right. I should have got more before I gave them to him. Mmm. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm making a point here. <laughs> What were we talking about anyhow, you know? It is better to experience the forgiveness of God for yourself than it is just to hear about it. And once Tony gets through passing those around, 
We're going to find out that the usher is going to pass some out at the door when you leave. Anyhow, okay. All right. And uh, what he doesn't give away, they'll be up here and available for you. But let me read this passage one more time, okay? It says, And may you feel, may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should, they should grasp this, how long and how wide and how deep and how high his love really is. And may you experience this love for yourselves. And not just a conceptual knowledge, what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a, an experiential knowledge that you, oh, I, 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 I experienced this myself. I know what this is like, you know. And then he goes on to say here in Ephesians 3, 19, it says, though it is so great, this experience of, of God's love, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. Because it's so great, you'll never, you'll never get the fullness because it's so amazing, so vast. And so at last, you will be, what's that say? Filled up with God himself. And that is God's ultimate purpose for our life. That we'll be filled up. Not just hear other people talking about they're full of God or they're full of cherries, you know, but experiencing being full of God for yourself, being full of his forgiveness. Because sometimes our life is just miserable because we hear about things, but we've not been able to access it or appropriate it for our very own selves, you know. Listen to what it says here in John chapter 1, verse 16. It says, we have all benefited from the rich blessings he brought to us. One gracious blessing after another. He has brought every blessing that you have in your life, it came from God. Did you know that? That's the truth of it. Every blessing, it came from God. Have you run out back there of cherries yet? No. Okay, I'm just checking to see. Well, I can tell you this, God never runs out of forgiveness. It is a miracle. And he never exhausts it all. There's always more. He loves us. And he wants to remove the guilt of the past. And he says, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. The old things have passed away. How many have made the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again? He wants to cut that rope and get that behind us. And let's move forward. You know, he says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. All things have become New. That's what I'm talking about. And he tells us in the book of Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, you are complete through your union with Christ. Although we, we come up short and we're missing something and, and we're miserable and we're not happy because of this and that. And, and it's so easy. I can blame every problem I have. I can blame it on Susan. She is so convenient and she rarely ever defends herself, you know. And then I, I can just blame it all on her. And that makes logical sense, doesn't it? You don't think so? Okay. You're right. But what happens is we often, do we not often try to blame things on other people? Because we just feel lousy. And if I can blame it on somebody else, maybe I can get rid of it. Truth of it is, this miracle of forgiveness, God just forgives us. And he allows the forgiveness that flows to us to flow through us and change other people's lives. I read once again, Colossians 2.10, you are complete 
through your union with Christ. Why would we be living in destitution, living in poverty when God has given us his fullness and he will fill us up and he'll satisfy us? That's all you gave away? I'll take some more. <laughs> take them, brother. I'll shake your other hand. All right, thank you. Give them another hand for helping us out there. You understand, I just, I, I'm only doing this so you understand this lesson. You understand that, right? Mmm. Mmm. Those are so good. Dear, you can't tell them where we got them because we got to go get some more, you know? There are plenty there? Okay. What, you got them at the pet store? I'm, I'm telling you. God's mercy, it will never be exhausted. His forgiveness will never be exhausted. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. Although we do some pretty bad things, he's not mad at us. He just wants to forgive us. This miracle of forgiveness and changes. Remove the guilt and the shame and give us back our joy. Give us back our joy. Let me just read you a little story. Max Licato, he tells this wonderful story about a young girl named Christina who grew weary of growing up in her poor neighborhood. Christina's mother, Maria, loved her with all of her heart, but her love was not enough to keep Christina satisfied. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with a home Having only a pallet on the floor and a wash basin and a wood-burning stove, she dreamed of a better life in the city. One morning, she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what life on the streets would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go find her. On her way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing, pictures. She sat in this... Uh, a photograph booth. She closed the curtain and she spent all that she could on pictures of herself. With her purse full of small black and white photographs, she boarded the next bus to a distant city and Maria knew Christina had no way of earning money. She also knew that her daughter was too stubborn to give up. When pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place with the reputation for streetwalkers or prostitutes. She went to them all, and at each place she left her picture, taped on a bathroom mirror, tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to a corner phone booth. And on the way back on, and on the back of each photo, she wrote a, a small note. It wasn't too long before both her money and the pictures ran out and Maria had to go home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her small village. It was a few weeks later that young Christina descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired. Her brown eyes no longer danced with youth but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dreams had become a nightmare. A thousand times over, she had longed to trade these countless beds for her secure pallet in her little village. Yet the little village was 
in too many ways too far away. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a familiar face. She looked again, and there on the lobby mirror was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned, and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small photo. And written on the back was this compelling invitation. Whatever you have done, whatever you have become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And she did. I will tell you, that's what God's saying to us. Whatever you've done, whatever you've become, please come home. Come back to me. This miracle of forgiveness. Lots of times the devil's screaming in our, our mind. And he's blaming us for things that have happened that was not our fault. And he just keeps heaping condemnation and guilt. And God's saying, come home. I forgive you of everything of your past and I have no remembrance of it. There's no documentation of it. Please come home. Receive this miracle of forgiveness. And once it really genuinely becomes yours, do you know everybody who you meet on every given day of your life, there's people out there and they may seem to be happy, but when they're in the, have their little private moments, when they're alone, or when they wake up or when they go to sleep at night, there is guilt and there is shame that follows them everywhere they go. And there are things that weighs them down and they may never tell you, but if you and I would share with them how we received forgiveness and how God's so crazy in love with us, and that's why Jesus went to the cross and he forgave us, it would give people hope. Because people just won't tell you. They're ashamed or they're embarrassed. They just won't tell you. But they need the forgiveness of God the same way we all need that maintenance of forgiveness that God so wonderfully offers unto us. It says here in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us, you know, cleaning and forgiving us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. He gives us so much more. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. And his name's Jesus. And the last verse I want to share with you is something that Jesus says in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 47. And he says, with my authority... Take this message of repentance to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. So he told his disciples, and then it's been passed on to us. And here's the message he says, I want you to take to all the nations that there is forgiveness of sin for all who turn to me. There is forgiveness of sin to all. And it is a miracle. It is a miracle. Nothing can remove your guilt and your pain and your misery. Nothing. And I know we try to blame. I try to blame it on Susan, but it don't work. I still feel bad, you know, so I apologize, you know. And she ain't never punched me either, you know, for trying to do that, you know. But you know what? God forgives us. It's a miracle. He forgives us, and he removes all that weight and all that misery that would just weigh us heavily down because he loves us. And I can tell you that for sure. He's crazy in love with us. And if you make a little bit of time just to hang out with God, ha, ha. 
for things he'll show you and reveal to you and satisfy and fill us up where we're satisfied on the inside in the depth of who we are. And you can't help, because you can't contain it all, you just can't help but to pass it on to someone else. And I can tell you, everybody likes cherries. And I'm going to tell you even more so, everybody likes forgiveness. Everybody likes to be set free from their guilt and the shame of their past. Everybody does. And we all need to be reminded of that from time to time. So I just want to challenge you as you leave here, remember, once you've received the forgiveness of God for yourself, there's people that God will bring you across their path that you can just share a little story. And you can go out and buy your own bowl of cherries, you know, and illustrate it that way. And then you could talk about something that's so much better than cherries to experience for yourself. And that's the forgiveness of Almighty God who's crazy in love with you. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for tag-teaming with your son and that he paid for our sins. Willingly, he, he stood in front of us and took the bullet for us. Willingly, he gave his life for us, rescued us, and then he rose from the dead. And he forgives us. Willingly and graciously and pours out so many other blessings. Forgive us for the times that we've doubted. We didn't believe and we didn't receive all that you had for us. And we're miserable and tried to make everybody else miserable. But Lord, we believe that you love us. We believe that you forgive us. And right now we reach out and grab a hold of it and take it in as our very own. Thank you, Father. And help us to pass that wonderful, fantastic message on to the people who is in our sphere of influence. As our heads are bowed now, I would like you, if you would, just to reaffirm your faith in Christ with me as we pray. And maybe you're here or you're watching online and you've never welcomed Jesus into your life. Would you do so? Would you declare your faith in him right now? He's not mad at you. He will never condemn you. That's the devil's job. And God don't like it when he does it. God just forgives us and it's all dealt with. Can we reaffirm our faith? Or can you declare your faith in him together with me right now? Would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he gave his life so I can be forgiven. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door and I receive Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King, and as my closest friend. I'm sorry for the times I've sinned against you. And I receive your miracle of forgiveness right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.